Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Just to say there's some weight you want. You work out, you want to gain weight. You want to gain muscle. But then when you eat, there's another weight that you gain. <laughs> and personally for myself, during this season in my life, I'm, I have the unwanted weight, which is worrying. And God didn't form us and create us to worry. He created us to worship. It's funny that when we worry, it tends to do things to our bodies. It deteriorates and breaks down natural things, because worrying is just a sign of distrust. Amen. So, así que en un esfuerzo por anarme a mí mismo, so in an effort to encourage myself, I usually go through my old notes, and I came across this message, reviso mis notas antiguas y encontré esta that I shared with the Building Christian Fellowship and Faith and Victory Church five years ago. And say que comparti con la, uh, la building y Faith and Victory Iglesia hace cinco años. So, if you don't mind, así que si no te importa, I'm going to encourage myself today. Hoy voy a anarme. Turn to Proverbs 29 and 18. If, it was, if you were thirsty and, or you were hot and you noticed somebody was pouring water on them and you're steaming hot and you want to get cool, but you know all the water, water that's pouring on them would cool you off, would you get next to that person so you can get some of that flow that's happening? That's what I'm trying to get you to do today. You know, David said, I encourage myself in the Lord. You know, I got brothers and sisters there for encouraging, but I thought today, I said, you know what? I'm going to preach today, and I'm going to encourage myself. So if you guys want to get next to me as I'm encouraging myself so you can be encouraged, get next to me. Proverbs 29 and 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Then turn over to Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, however you want to pronounce it. Chapter 2, verse 2 through 5, and I think we all know it. It says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision down and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall, not, it, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Somebody say vision. Yeah. Now, as we read the scriptures, we can come to this conclusion that one can walk without any vision, but one can't run without any vision. Puedes caminar sin visión, pero no puedes correr sin visión. So what we have a problem is you see people walking every day that are blind. But you don't see too many people that are blind running. 
at a full sprint because it requires some type of vision. The scripture said, write the vision down and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. We have a lot of people in life who are just walking around in life but don't have any vision. Now, our vision here for the building, nuestra visión es, in, in the building, is um, building our faith, building hope, building love, and building a real relevant relationship with Jesus Christ. And God wants us also to be a light to the city of Susun. And God gives vision to visionaries. And if you are filled with the Spirit of God, then guess what? You're a visionary. Too many people are serving somebody else's vision, not realizing that the vision of this church isn't just the pastor's. The vision that God has given this church is the church's vision. And it's the vision for the city. It's not the vision for the pastor. It's not the vision just for the people of the church. It's a vision for this city. That everybody in this city would have an opportunity to touch hope. And the church is the hope of the world through Jesus Christ. Jude 2 and 28 states this, in the last day, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and you will prophesy. He didn't say he was going to pour out his spirit upon the pastor. He said he's going to pour out spirit upon all flesh, men, women, children. And see, when his spirit is in you, it gives you the ability to, to, to see that vision, to get a hold of that vision, to become a part of that vision. Now, I like the way that the uh, dictionary describes a visionary. It says one whose ideas and projects are impractical. So if, if, you know, a lot of times people say, I have this vision of making a mud pie. Well, that's not a, a vision. A vision is something that's impractical. Like when somebody says, I am going to build a castle in the middle of Susun City. That's impractical. It's unlikely. Now that's a vision. So many of us make things, our, our visions for ourselves are so small, it's because we're afraid and we're worried that we can't accomplishment, accomplish it, so we start to think small. I'm only going to dream that which I could do. That's not a visionary. God calls us to do the impossible. God has called us to, to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover, to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. God has called us to open up the Red Seas in our lives, to remove mountains. Those are impossible things. And that sounds like something God requires of us all. In order to do impractical work of God, one must believe in God. Believe in God. So God wouldn't tell us to do something that doesn't require faith. Because that goes against his character. His very essence is to tell you to do something that pleases him. God's not going to tell you to do something that he's not going to be happy with. And if God, if, if you walking by faith pleases God, he's going to tell you to do something that requires faith because he desires that you please him. In Mark chapter 11, verse 20 through 24, it says, Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really, really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, 
it will be yours. Now, when God said that by your faith, belief, you can move mountains into the sea. Don't think for a minute that that mountain is going to jump up by itself and then jump into the sea. That's where we get mixed up as Christians. We think we're going to believe and, and, and it's magic. Christianity is not magic. My prayer and belief isn't a spell. Don't get it twisted. If I believe I could be in shape, I'm not going to sit here and pray and go, God, let me lose weight. I believe I'm going to lose weight in the name of Jesus. No, it's by my faith. We cannot take one scripture and run with it. No, listen, when God says that, mo that mountain can be moved, basically what you need to do, if there's a mountain in your life, you need to go pick up a shovel and a wheelbarrow and start digging. See, we don't want to hear that. I just want it to happen. Do it, Jesus. He's like, yes, Lord. But see, isn't it funny when we do the yes, Lords, when it doesn't take work? But when it takes us to work and takes us to suffer, we're like, well, maybe that dream's too big. Especially when it takes sacrifice. Let me connect the word with you. I'm going to back up and connect this word. Watch this. God's going to require faith from you when he asks you to do something. He wants you to do it by faith. Why? James chapter 2, verse 17. It says, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces works. Faith without works is dead. It's useless. Faith without works is dead. So if God requires you to have faith, he requires you to work. Come on. God tells you to move that mountain. He says, I want you to move that mountain out of your way. Here's the other thing that God will say. He's going to say, okay, I want you to move that mountain. But see, he's not going to put it on you to do it by yourself. Because once again, when God gives you a vision, it's not for you. Usually when God gives you a vision, it's for a people. He just give, made you the visionary to go and cast the vision to people for people to receive the vision and for them to gather in with you. Because when he tells you to move the mountain, he tells you to go get a shovel, go get a wheelbarrow, but he's not going to send you by yourself. He's going to send you people to help you move that mountain. Mark eleven twenty three says this, but you must really believe and not doubt in your heart. You better believe God told you to remove that mountain. You should believe that he's not going to make you do it by yourself. God gave you a big dream or vision, and with that vision, he gives you provision. People for the vision. Little English lesson here. Pro, prefix, means for, with. So if you really believe in your heart that you can move a mountain, okay, I'll make, I'll make it plain for you. If you really believe in your, in your heart that you can buy that house, if you really believe in your heart that you can get that job, if you really believe in your heart that you could be rich, si realmente crees que habla español, Well, then, we're going to need to see you working on that dream. You have to be working towards what you believe. So James said this. James looked and he says, listen, ask me of my faith and I'll show you my works. See, there's this thing that people talk about grace and salvation and all that other stuff. Listen, there is some fruit to your belief. It's like when people say, I believe in God. I need to see that you believe in God. Oh, is that countercultural? 
every move that we made in this ministry has been a huge leap of faith. You guys, I remember from leaving the church that we were at to going in our house and what we were going to do and then just starting a Bible study on the couch. Um, my God, we lost our house at the time uh, during the crash, so we lost our house. We're having Bible studies in a house that my wife was totally not happy with at the time, so we're dealing with issues, my wife and I, but we still had people coming over, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger, and every Sunday, we go outside, and as we'd go outside on Sunday to go find a church, there'd be a line of cars, people following us, going to different churches, and 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 and. These are steps of faith because we were just looking for a place to serve. And, and I remember me fleecing God when somebody, said, somebody kept telling me, you need to start a church. You need to start a church. And I'm like, I'm trying to hear from God, not hear from man. And somebody coming up to me and called me pastor. And I said, I'm not a pastor. And they said, yes, you are because you pray for me. You watch over me. You guide me. You lead me. You're my pastor. And, and at that point, that's when I heard from the Lord. And I said, God, if, if this be you. I need you to do something for me. I need you to have, uh, you need to give me a building because I just lost a house. I don't have credit. And how am I going to go get a building? See, when you start to do things, God will start making the provision. So many times we sit back and wait for confirmation. That's not faith. You guys hear me? You cannot do it by faith. If God says go, then go. He told Abraham, go. And he says, go to a place I will show you. He didn't even know where he's going. He just started walking. But in his obedience, God gave him direction. So when God told me to go, and I was like, God, you're going to have to do something big, so I know this is right. We're sitting at a crab feed, right? Well, first of all, we're in Susun. We tried to get a building in Susun. Couldn't get a building. Susun didn't want any more churches. So I'm sitting in Susun at a crab feed, and this man walks up to me and says, hey, I, know, I heard you're looking for a church. I didn't even know this dude. He's not even Christian. He said, I'll tell you what, Monday, meet me over here on Claybank. I got a building for you. Make a long story short, I go look, look at the building. This is a place where we're going to open up and do our first service. This is a spot. Great. Everything's good. But I'm sitting there going, but how my bank account is set up? <laughs> my credit a little shot right now. So I looked at him, and I said, man, we'll take it. He says, great. I said, what do I need? He says, hold out your hand. And I held out my hand, and he grabbed my hand, and he shook my hand, and he dropped the keys in my other hand. That doesn't happen. And that, this is not even a man of God. But when you start doing things by faith, see, the, the heart of any man, the heart of Pharaoh is in God's hands. He can change the mind of somebody, but it requires you to do things by faith. We never signed a contract. We had to hunt him down to pay rent. He, I didn't have his, I had to find his house and knock on his door. But we did it by faith. Why? Because God had a vision for us to fulfill, and he wanted us to move by faith. So at every level that we went to, God required great faith. It required great faith for us to quit our jobs. I don't know if you guys understand this, but here you go into a ministry and you have a ministry of about 50 people, 50 people. You have a house note. You have children that you need to feed. And the Lord says, it's time to go full time. 
I'm like, God, this job is a blessing because if the tithes and offerings don't come in, I use my own money to make up the difference. And God, I'm making six figures. You want me to give up six figures for I don't know what I can get? Faith. So I said, God, I trust you. And here's the worst part. I said, this is what I'm going to do so I will go full out. I burn my bridges because I, I have a national registry that I have to keep up. And right when I quit was around the time my national registry had to, was coming up, and I didn't, I didn't re-up it. I, let it. I burnt my bridge. I can't even go back to my old career field without going to school again for another two years. I can't go back. So I said, God, I'm trusting you, and I'm showing you that I trust you. I'm going all out. I'm going all the way. But when I did that, God took me through a long test of faith. But Kai and I worshiped as it tarried. We learned to worship when we were going over people's houses, eating food, just acting like we were popping up during dinner time, you know, knocking on the, oh, you're at dinner? I'm so sorry. We'll just leave. No, like, come on and eat. Okay. Like, come on, kids. was doing it at my mom's, at my mother-in-law's. I was going over Rachel and Austin's house. We was, just, we, was, we was everywhere. But God saw fit, and because of our obedience, God turned around and blessed us. Years later, he blessed us, and this is what he has right now because of obedience. And what, what I'm getting at is what I'm getting to. I got off my notes, but what I'm getting to try to get to you guys is God wants you to be provision for the vision. Just because he set us up in this area, it wasn't just for me. You guys, so many people want to tend to look at the pastors and think that pastors are doing a great work. It is not my great work. It is our great work. I can't do this by myself. You guys are the provision for the vision. And there's going to be some steps of faith that God's going to require you to do. You're going to turn around and you're going to be like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I know I'm hearing from God. And some of you guys in here have been Christians way too long to get an automatic blessing. It's all you baby Christians that do, like God tells you to do thing, one thing one minute and it's like, boom, you get it? You know, like what you do with your baby the first time, they go to potty by themselves, it's a big celebration. You don't celebrate when they're 30 using the bathroom by themselves. So God expects some type of maturity. So as we grow older, God's going to say, look, your faith, your faith between your obedience and your blessing is going to be a big gap. Because while you're waiting, you need patience. Let her have her perfect work that you may be entire, wanting nothing. You're like, God, if it happens, it happens. But right now I'm content because of my content. God had began to show me that he has already given the building, the, the, the necessary people to build a sound structure for the next level of ministry. He told me they are already here. This is what God told me. Now, mind you, this is something that I preached five years ago. And as I was reading it, as I was going over the notes, I'm like, God, I'm back at this spot again. And he's telling me again the same thing he told me five years ago. He says, John, you don't need any more people. You have the necessary people that are right here in the building. He told me all I have to do is convince them that they are much a part of the vision as Kai and I are. And to be honest, I can't convince you of that. 
I just have to let you know what the vision is. And if you want to be a part of it, just jump in with both feet. He told me to teach the people believe in God and all that you do concerning this ministry. He said, do it big again. Believing in God. It's an acronym, guys. Big. Believing in God. Do it big in your giving. Do it big in your serving. Do it big in your praying. Don't just do it, but do it believing in God. Saints of God, there's another thing that I have to, I'm going backwards, but I do need to just, just mention this to you. We've been, a lot of us have been doing it big in giving, and we've been doing it big in serving. Not enough of us. But here's something that I really has been bothering me lately, and the Lord's really speaking to me, and he spoke to me as I was praying this morning. How can you ask for something that you don't pray for? Why are we asking for this city when we're not praying for this city? Our talk is great, but why haven't we gone to the throne of grace to find out, God, what exactly should we be doing? We need to be combing this city and feeling and saturating this city with prayer. Not just here at the altars, but we need to be walking around, changing atmospheres, setting up atmospheres through prayer and supplication so that when the word comes in, it's better received. See, there's principalities and high things and powers and places. You guys, you walk into San Francisco, there's places in San Francisco, you feel it. You like you just you ever walk into an area? Come on, some, somebody from Richmond, somebody from Richmond. There's places in Richmond. You just walk in, you like, oh, uh-uh, Saint lives here somewhere, <laughs> right? Vallejo, the same place. You you could walk, you walk on some places in corners in Grande Circle. You can feel the powers in the principalities in high places because they they've accosted those places. But you know what? We can go in those places as Christians. It don't take 20 people. It takes one person to stand in the middle of that trash and begin to call down the glory of God. Yes. Claiming this spot, this, this spot, this little spot right here. There could be drug dealers. They don't know what you're doing. You can just hang out there like this and just be praying. Lord, I thank you right now that these young men are going to get saved. I thank you that this, I claim this land for you right now. Everywhere my heel treadeth shall belong to you, Jesus. You can be there praying. This is part of the vision. And if you're going to do it, do it big. Why do it small? When God called you into this body of believer, he expects you to be a part of the solution and not part of the problem. <laughs> so you, you guys know that old saying, right? If you ain't helping it, you're hurting it. People don't like to hear that. What are you doing to help? If you're not doing anything to help, you're doing something to hurt. You can't be neutral. Can't be lukewarm. God wants us to do it big and not to start to dig. That was kind of a rhyme. <laughs> when we don't do it big... We start to doubt in God. We start to dig and get deeper into regret, deeper in despair, and deeper into hopelessness. When you start doubting God, that's what happens. You got despair comes in, hopelessness, and, and you're just left in this place because you doubt that God is able. 
<laughs> this is like on some old preaching. You know, God, he's able. Y'all remember the song? He's able. Yeah, I, I was waiting for the choir to come in, but. God is able to do anything and everything. And if we can trust him and have the confidence and faith that he can, it brings us hope. But when you don't think God's going to do it, despair. And hope deferred makes the heart sick. Yeah, we start to dig deeper and, and we do feel regret, despair, and hopelessness because when we doubt, we don't do. When we doubt, we don't do. There will be people here that doubt what God has said to us about the vision and for this city. And you can tell when people doubt because they don't do. When we don't do, nothing gets accomplished. Leaving us feeling useless and worthless. If you truly believe in something, you will invest everything. Everybody say invest. You sounded good when you said that. You must invest. There's three things. First thing you must invest is your time. And now watch this. We spend most of our time on what we believe the most. Think about it. What you do, uh, what you do gives most of your time. What you do, what you give most of your time to, how am I supposed to say this? You give most of your time to that doesn't make sense, does it? But it rhymes. What you do, you give most of your time to. Bars. What you do most, you give. It's still the same thing. Or better yet, what do you give your spare time to? It's like when you go, when I got spare time, I'm going to do this. Right? But it's funny. You say it's your spare time, but you spend most of your time thinking about what you're going to do in your spare time, which is wasting time. Right? So how am I going to give all to, to, to microphones when I'm thinking about iPad? And I'm going with microphones, trying to deal with the microphones, so the microphone really get half my attention. Because my mind is on something else. That's why the Bible says, God will keep you, keep you in perfect peace, those whose mind is stayed upon him. You guys get that? Because so many times we're doing, it, we're doing a work, but our mind is elsewhere. It's like we come to church, and we're coming to get a word, but our mind is out back out on the street and back at home and, and all the trouble and everything that's going on at home and, or even my sickness or whatever's going on, but we can't receive because we're, our mind is not here. We're somewhere else in time. So when you invest your time, you invest wholeheartedly your time towards the vision. The other thing that you have to invest is your talent. This is definitely a no-brainer. Whatever skill God has given you was given to you for the purpose to make God's vision come to pass. I don't care what you do. That talent was for God. And God gave you that talent to bless the church and his family, but he also gave you that talent to prosper yourself. That's the way you need to think about it. Not, oh, I got this job and this talent that can be a blessing to the church. No, God gave me this talent that's a blessing to my church, and it just so happens to bless me. Got three amens on that one. The last one is resources, our treasures. Okay, here it is. I can tell what you truly believe in by what you spend most of your money on. I can tell 
where your heart is by looking at your checkbook. Most people don't write checks anymore. I can look, I can look at your bank statement. That's where your heart is. It could be food, clothes, video games, cars, shoes. But that's where your heart is. Where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. Do you guys realize that God does want your money? You know why God wants your money? Because he wants your heart. He knows that that's where your, your heart is. Your heart is wherever your money's at. Wherever your money is is what you invest in. I can, I can tell you guys right now, whatever you invested in in your life, if you lose it, it would break your heart. Why do you think when people's houses catch on fire, people are so broken down? Because they've invested so much into it. Huh? It's just like any relationship. If you're in a relationship that you've invested any time in and it ends, your heart's broken because you've invested into it. But what God's saying is where, where you put your treasure at is where your heart is. And I, and I could realize this because I, I see it just as a pastor. People that put and just pour into this church financially, they pour in this church with their time, they pour in their church with their talents. I can tell you they're connected to this church. Nothing would happen to remove them from this church. They can get in fights with people, and, and, and I've seen it. They'll just, they don't sit with them. They'll just sit on the other side of the church. Huh? It's like, oh, I love this church. I love this. I love the church. I love the people. Just right now, I'm offended at somebody, and I'm just going to sit on the other side. I had somebody come to me the other day and says, you know what? I don't agree with everything you do, Pastor. I really don't. I was like, okay. He says, but I love this church. Nobody's perfect. He says, I love this church because it's changed my life. My life was a wreck. Still is, but my life was a wreck, and I was headed down the wrong place. I don't have to agree with everything you say or everything everybody does, but I do know that everybody here has the right heart. That blessed me. This is good ground. All through the Bible, God called all of the people to give of their resources to accomplish a vision that he gave his leaders. God gave his leaders. As I close, Exodus chapter 12, verse 35. Now, you guys, during this time, Israel was in captivity in Egypt, and this is right before they were getting ready to bounce. They was about to cut turf. They like, you know. I'm out of here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all be bouncing too. You were slaves for 400 years. You was like, I'm leaving this place. But, but, but listen, you're going to leave slavery. God says, I'm going to free you. But when they're leaving, they ain't got no money. They're going out into the wilderness. Watch what God does. The vision of God was for his people to be free. But watch this. Exodus chapter 12, 35, 36. Favor fell upon all of Israel with the Egyptians, and the Egyptians gave Israel all their gold, silver, and raiment after they had asked them for it. Okay, they're slaves. And because the favor fell on them, they went up to their owners and said like, hey man, can I get all your gold? Just want all your gold, your silver, and those fine linens. Because we're about to cut turf. We leave it. 
I, I didn't ask to borrow it. I said, give it to me. It's favor. I, I want favor like that. But now at first look, when you look at it, the favor fell on them because they were being obedient. You think, oh, they're being obedient. God commanded them to go ask. And, and Moses told them to go ask. And you say all this other stuff. And you start to think that, man, that's what the scripture says. That the wealth of the wicked is, is, is tied up for, for, the, uh, for the, the righteous. Well, that's not what God intended. See, God wanted them blessed because he had a purpose for them being blessed. As he goes on in the scripture, God had a plan for their prosperity. Over in Exodus 25, God told Moses to tell the people to give an offering of all that God had given them. Why? Because God had a plan. He gave Moses a vision to build a place of worship out in the wilderness, a place where people could come and experience the presence of God. He said, look, I caused you to be rich and prosperous for a reason. So that your prosperity, you could turn around and you can give from your prosperity so that we could build the house of God in the wilderness so that people can come experience the presence of God. Your prosperity isn't for you, it's for other people. Really what you should receive is the overflow. You know, David said, my cup runneth over. And I love when David said it himself. He goes, I live in a palace made of wood and, and, and gold and silver, but the house of God is in rags and shambles. He says, I'm, I, I can't live like this until the house of God is built. And David went and collected everything. He spent everything he had just to get all the materials to build the house of God. And that's the temple that they had in Jerusalem. That's the attitude we need to have. God has given you resources to be a resource. So when you're showing your generosity, you have to do it believing in God. When you show your generosity, you have to do it big. Believing in God. We have to do it by faith. We need to know that walking by faith requires walking. <laughs> oh, I'm walking by faith. No, it looks like you're sitting down. I don't have much. Neither did the widow with two mites. And she gave, she didn't give all that she had. She gave all of her living. Which means she didn't know where the next two mites were coming from. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, I mean 5, 7 says this. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Old ministry rap. Faith is moving. I don't have to move to see. I can sit still and see a vision. Faith is moving. And I don't have to move to see. I can sit and still see a vision. You could see a vision. But just because you see the vision doesn't mean you have faith in it. You go. You do, pastor. I'm praying for you. I have faith. No, you don't. If you have faith in the vision, you'll do something about it. You have faith about anything in your life, you'll do something about it. Now, sometimes you may do wrong. Okay, I'm trying to do something about it, God, and you're, and you're getting the counsel of God, and you may be wrong. That's where grace comes in. But by faith, you have to walk that thing out. 
God's got a mission and a vision for this church. And it's requiring a lot of everybody. It's not just the pastors. It's not just the rich. It's not just the well-off. It's everybody. God hasn't called us just to see. He's called us to do. And he's called us to do it big. And all that we do, we have to do it believing in God. Not knowing where your next footstep is and just walking. Know this. It pleases him. How many people want to please God? Then walk by faith. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.